Tomorrow's the big day, guys. You guys got butterflies? I'm sick to my stomach. A little bit. A little bit? How you feeling, Cody? I'm watching those guys intensely set that ring up. Concerned yeah. that Shaheen I like Ali. it. I feel like we need to set the ring up. Well, you already told them exactly what you wanted right when you walked in <laughs> after they'd been working for at least 17 hours. Hey, straight. how's Hangman <laughs> gonna carry that 300-pound Cracker Barrel by himself? Here's the thing. He's not. Yeah, We're just gonna put it by the ring. Okay. Yeah. Product, product placement. Good job, boys. Oh, we got, um, the people, hey, be proud. Hey, when the people walk in here, they're gonna be blown away. They're like, I can't believe these guys put together this. Yeah. This is a huge set. And then they're gonna understand why it costs $100 to meet us. <laughs> Sarcastic. I honestly think when the fans actually come into this building and realize, holy crap, this is like a huge building at Arena, the, the excitement's just gonna go through the roof. Yeah. Like, I'm buzzing just seeing it right now. Thinking, yeah. holy crap, like, I've already seen, like, these, you know, Raw, SmackDown, mm -hmm. or pay-per-views in, in this type of building. Yeah. But they, hang on, though, no, these are the guys that we've been following for years. We've been watching them in, you know, little buildings like Reseda and, and all these places. And I was like, holy crap, they're gonna fill this building. There's not gonna be an empty seat in, in, in the venue. There's no comp tickets for this show. And they have pyro. You know what they call that, by the way? What's that? It's 100% utilization. Yeah. 0% comps. <laughs> we didn't set aside any comp space. No. So Stephen Amell asking for 35 tickets. <laughs> this just doesn't work. It just, just means you can just go in that huge locker room we gave you. Um, every seat is filled. Guys, be proud. Be proud, okay? guys. Thank you. you. We all work We're here. Hard. We've arrived. Are we going to kiss now? Yeah, yeah, we might as well. Shall we? I love yeah. you guys. I was going to try to turn this into a comedy bit, but this no, is real. This is real. We're looking, we're looking at this, watching this happen here in front of me. Let's go take a picture. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, Josh Custodio. Don't you Dare, Justin! Don't you dare call this a comeback. We never left. Uh, I mean, yeah, technically we never left. Yeah. I published an episode of this show while I was in Chicago so that we, you know, never fell off our schedule. Incredible, because it does feel like a while since we've sat down and done an episode of Top Marks, doesn't it's it? It's been close to two weeks, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it's too long, I think. I have missed doing the show, and I am f f f fired up to be back in the saddle. Yeah, well, it's good to be back with you. I, I, yeah. I mean... I can't say that I don't miss Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I'm I sure. definitely do. It's, Are you telling uh, me vacation is better than real life? <laughs> well, you know, I believe old Frankie said it best. Old Blue Eyes. <laughs> old Frankie. When he said, it's my kind of town, Chicago. <laughs> Uh, I loved it. I yeah. loved the entire experience. You and Chicago fit nicely together. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. What were some of the best things about Chicago? Don't talk about All In, because of course we're going to be talking about All In, breaking down all the matches, all that good stuff in this episode. Well, but tell me a little bit about Chicago. It is the most like sports-inclinated city I've ever been to. Are there arenas like close to one another? Sort of. But like, here's the thing. It's beyond just like having a bunch of teams and having a bunch of arenas and all that stuff. It's like the people. I okay. lived... In Los Angeles for five months back in 2012. Right. And, like, I went out and I tried to socialize at night and I would meet people standing in line for shows and things like that. But we would talk about 
comedy and comedians and podcast people More and that sort of things. thing. Everywhere I went in Chicago, strangers would just come up to me <laughs> and be like, ah, Khalil Mack to the Bears, can you believe that? <laughs> Or like some guy. There was, was that was that an impression of someone from Chicago? Uh, sort of. Sure I would just like not. to apologize to our Chicago listeners. Well, there, there, there was. A, I went in for breakfast at the McDonald's that was close to my Airbnb one morning, and this black guy, uh, this big black guy, just came over to me and he was like. I don't understand why they would trade Khalil Mack. Oh, like, no. This impression is even worse. John Gruden, he's just a crazy person. He's <laughs> I, just insane. That's the only possible explanation. And I am just like, I'm so grateful that I give off any sort of energy that would make you inclinated to come have this conversation with me. Yeah, I have strangers who are like willing to get down and like chit-chat. That's a really nice thing. Everybody wanted to talk about the Bears, the Cubs, the Sox. In some ways, I feel like Vancouver's underrated for that. I never understand when people say Vancouver's like an unfriendly city. Yeah? Like, I, I feel like people chat me up. Like They'll be like, oh, what's oh, up? I don't feel like that about our city at all. Oh, well, maybe that's how I'm giving off such positive. But I went to a bunch of live sporting events. I caught a Cubs game on the Wednesday. Yep. I went to a Bears preseason game against the Bills at Soldier Field on the Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, went out uh, drinking and having a good time on the Friday. All in was on Saturday. Yes. On Sunday afternoon, I picked myself up off the couch despite the fact that I was buzzing post all in. I'm I could sure. not get to sleep until like 6.30 a.m. Yeah. I picked myself up and I was like, God damn it, I'm walking over to the field. Went and saw uh, the White Sox host the Red Sox. Awesome. Uh, on Sunday afternoon. Yes. Very nice. And so I you know, did all these sporting things. And, and everybody in the stands. I went to all these things by myself. I just made all these friends That's awesome. sitting in the stands. Uh, people who wanted to talk about about wrestling a lot. Like Thank goodness. I, I was wondering when we were going to start talking about real yeah, sports. Because I was, I was wearing my Young Bucks shirt as I was going out into the community. And people were like, Hey, too sweet, brother. You at the show last night? That's so awesome. And, like, I loved it. I loved everything about the trip. It was perfect, except for the fact that I have a bit of a cold coming home that I picked up on the plane, I think. Well, I am happy to hear it, but selfishly, I'm happy you're home to be back in the saddle and do what is could only be called the world's greatest wrestling podcast, Top Marks, where Justin, every week, you and I break down the one, two, three biggest topics in the world of wrestling. For how long, Justin? 15 minutes at a time. You, you stumbled there. You you normally, you know it's 15 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the, the first time ever I think you were like, hang on a second. How whoa, long do we whoa. do these rounds for? Whoa, whoa. We've been breaking the format. Hang on a second. <laughs> Justin, I'm going to tell you Let what Let me check my notes here. <laughs> but indeed, Justin, it is 15 minutes, which is the exact length of... Uh, <laughs> I believe it's a WCW television title match. <laughs> right, you are, my good friend. Justin, this week we're going to be breaking down the three topics. Like I said, in round number one, we're going to be doing uh, the front half of a little pay-per-view I like to call All In, something I watched from the comfort of my home at about midnight the night it happened, and Justin watched from the comfort of Chicago, Illinois. I'm all over the broadcast. I know, I saw you a bunch of times. Yeah, I, everybody's sending me photos of myself. I'm just all over this thing. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Tough to respond to. Well, no, it's, it's cool. It definitely you know, like, is. Fuck, how many times 
Did I have to sit on the couch with Mike as he poured over footage from Wrestle Kingdom 12, trying to be like, "Oh, that's the back of Josh's head." Yeah, that's he's equally like, boring. Trying to find like a, a a long, long view of you <laughs> in massive crowd shots. You don't have to go looking for me, baby. I'm all over this telecast. <laughs> Round number two, Justin. We'll cover the back half of All In. Some uh, might say the better half. I would say you'd have to say that. Well, yeah, no? they were definitely saving the best for last no 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 there, no there were no popcorn matches on this show let me tell you i can think of maybe one but but i mostly agree with you and then around number three justin it would we would be remiss if we didn't touch on a big turn for our guy papa braun Strowman, uh, a sort of central figure to this podcast a man who i think we we've very been in line with our opinions on him which is that we like him we mm-hmm. like what he's doing for the better part of this show's life i think you yeah know? i mean yeah the, i think we started not long into kind of like the Strowman. The uh, Renaissance, yeah, and, like him becoming a central figure, mm-hmm. challenging uh, Roman throughout that whole feud they had last year. That's right. So yeah, I mean, we we started like after the kind of squash matches of Strowman were finished. I think basically. that's right. Yeah, sort of the best era of Strowman so far we, we got into him. And so yeah. we'll be breaking down some of the changes that he's been going through as he enters puberty for no longer than 15 minutes. Justin, is there anything else you want to get out of the way off the top here? Um, No, I just... Uh, I want to say thank you to a longtime listener of the show, mm. uh, Emerson, Fake Kane, yes. who, of course, was uh, at the show with me, was mm-hmm. on the show a couple weeks ago. Yes, that's right. When we did our big uh, house party event. And uh, Emerson is the reason why I am all over that telecast. Because he, he, he scooped up those unbelievable seats, and he reached out to us mm. through the Top Marks account DMs uh, because I was posting – on the Top Marks account about just what a clusterfuck it was trying to buy tickets to this thing. Yes. And he said, look, I, I got these insane seats. I got one left. Do you want it? And uh, guy didn't save my life because I did manage to get tickets of my own, but really took my experience to a whole nother level. I had an amazing night with both him ah. and Brent, not just at the show, uh, but beforehand, kind of tailgating in the parking lot with the guys from Street Fight Radio, and then we went out for dinner afterwards as well. Uh, just a wonderful time, and both those guys basically came in for the show and they had to fly out the next day. Wow. Um, so, you know, uh, it was a brief Chicago experience for them, but I am very grateful to have uh, met them in person, and I'm very grateful for Emerson for the tickets that he was able to land and uh, offering them to me as well. And I'm grateful too, because I'm happy that you had such a good trip. I so, had a wonderful time. At Fake Kane on Twitter, thank you for the support, and thank you for getting Justin good seats at I will also say... Uh, you know, we don't do like a one good thing on this show. That's my other podcast right, where yeah. I recommend you, things at the end. Hang on. You have another podcast? I do, yeah. Hang on. It's called, ed- it's edit this out. Yeah, but yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you have a nut. Yeah. I've, I've been – I had it before you. It must be less successful than oh, this. Oh, it's way more successful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to Fun say. Wow. Well, okay. I couldn't. Uh, yeah. With a certain audience. Yeah, like people. Yeah, like mainstream <laughs> audiences. <laughs> So I don't have like an avenue where I can recommend things. Yeah, okay. But I'm going to right now. Oh, sure. Tell the people. Yep. Because this was the the final thing that happened on my Chicago trip. All right. Was I met up with another friend of the show, a gentleman who I've known on Twitter for many, many years. Sure. Uh, Andrew Sieslak, who lives oh, yeah, in yeah, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Torque Penderloin is his uh, Twitter, Twitter handle. Yep. And uh, I just went over to his apartment after I got just completely crazy drunk wow justin this is a 18 <laughs> under show i i went to uh 
I went to uh, Harry Carey's restaurant. Okay. And they had a drinks offer where you can, for $25, get your choice of an appetizer and then all you can drink for 90 minutes. Yeah, that's incredible. That's So I was knocking back Jack and Cokes for 90 minutes See, straight. I think, did you have to get the Coke or were you allowed to just get well liquor? Uh, I think it was with a mixer. Oh, man, because I could get I, some uh, insane value in 90 minutes of like well bourbon. I would go yeah, bananas. Yeah, like I, I probably could have done shots if I wanted. But yeah. it, was, it was like wine, all of their on-tap beers, and all of the well liquor was all, all you can drink for 90 minutes. So you were all in. I was all in on that, and I got insanely drunk. And then I went over to Andrew's house, and we played uh, a little game for PS4 called Fire Pro Wrestling Oh, World. yeah, I know this game. It's uh, the latest iteration of uh, the Fire Pro Wrestling franchise. It's terrific. I had a hell of a time. I haven't played a Fire Pro game since uh, the one for Game Boy Advance. Yeah, that's the only one I've played. It was like a great 15 game. 15 years ago now. Yeah. I was a game that I bought at launch for GBA. I did I, the same. I bought a GBA at launch, and so I played that for basically the entire run that I played Game Boy Advance. The world's best console. Love that, that game, and uh, it's still kind of like a flat 2D grappler, mm-hmm. but the, the engine, like the combat engine in these Fire Pro games is complicated. You're going to pick this game up and think, oh, this is stupid hard. I, I, why did I do this? But it's one of those things that's like rewarding. The more time you put into it, the, the better it gets. Fantastic. The better you get at it. And this is the first time that they have partnered with a real company. It's a licensed product. So Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi. A Suzuki Okada, Suzuki. There we go. Like all of the big names from New Japan are all in this game. And it's just like WWE 2 k the, the names that aren't there, whether that's the Young Bucks or WWE guys, mm-hmm. you can go online, find created versions of them. I fucking love this game. Playing it with Andrew was like one of the highlights of my trip. And uh, I came home and Mike bought it. So now I can play it whenever I want. And Fantastic. I would say to people out there, you should buy it as well. Who, who did you play as mostly? Uh, we had a bunch of different matches. Okay. Our first match was Okada versus Naito. That's I was match. Naito. Yeah, all right. I lost. Oh, our just s- like Wrestle Kingdom. Our second match was uh, Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins. Okay. I was Seth Rollins. All right. I lost. No. <laughs> and then no. Our, our final match was uh, Roderick Strong versus Cody Rhodes. You were Roderick. I was Cody. What? And I lost. <laughs> wow. And then Andrew went to bed after just summarily beating me again and again and again. And I decided to do some solo tag matches to crown the vacant New Japan tag titles. I did uh, a, a dream team of Okada and Naito oh. against Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. That is something of a dream match, I and, guess. And I lost. <laughs> so Roman and Bray were the New Japan Tag Champs, but then I beat them again as the Golden Lovers. Both of those matches went 45 minutes long and received a score of 100%. Well, I'm glad that <laughs> these are, again, super hard to resolve. I'm glad these video game matches were great. Yeah, I know. It was super fun. But let's it's talk about some real matches, Josh. Sounds good to me, and let's do it in, in round, round number one. Round one. Fight! Justin, I was all in. You were all in. But Cody Rhodes is really the story of all in. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, we talked about this before I left. And that is that, you know, this show, kind of for all of its attractions, mm-hmm. as many big names as they brought in from your Okadas to your Omegas to your Pentagons, uh, it, it's the culmination of the list that Cody put out before he left 
uh, right after he left WWE. That's right. He had all these dreams mm-hmm. and matches that he wanted to have, and this just felt like a continuation of that. Like, how far can I go working outside of the system? So, yeah, I said this last week. As much as this was about, you know, getting to see all these dream matches, in a lot of ways, the crowd was there, yeah. and I was there. To support Cody Rhodes. The event becomes the story exiting all in. And that's kind of becoming more clear to me as like the further distance we get. I'm not saying it wasn't a great show because it absolutely was. But I think its importance might actually overshadow its quality at some point in time. Like the, the guy being stardust with the ascension behind him. Mm-hmm. Losing every match in like five minutes. That feels like a different human being on the other side of All In to me. Cody Rhodes feels like a fixture of independent wrestling now in a way that I don't. I certainly didn't predict, and I didn't see too many people predicting. Well, I saw some some reviews coming out of this show that were like, eh, like people just went in and watched it as a wrestling show maybe and said it was worse than your average takeover. What? Uh, I, that was a take that I saw. Uh, uh, okay, well. <laughs> but, but here's – as someone who was there – yeah. Like, maybe I'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses. I don't think so. Because, to me, that was, like, one of the most magical shows I could ever hope to be at. Can I address the comparison to a takeover, Kate? Because I hadn't heard that. And this is just my initial reaction, is that it's so hard to compare things to takeovers because the brevity does always just make them feel, like, so kick-ass. Yeah, and All In is a five-hour show. Yeah, but but that said, if if you were to take the best five matches from a takeover... And, or, or an entire takeover and compare them to that length of time at All In like to your the, top five the top matches. top half of the card here. I think you'd have a hard time making the case that All In, it might fall a shade under the best takeovers, your war games, or but but I think it, it crushes a lot of takeovers for me. Yeah. I don't know. I have like some grand thoughts on the whole thing. I don't know if I should save that. Save that for round two. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the matches here. Uh, let's start off with uh, SoCal Uncensored taking on the Briscoe Brothers, a match that uh, I had said on our preview show that perfect spot happened in the opener because I would just go to the can and buy my beer at that point. Yeah, I mean, when the Briscoes were announced for this show, mm-hmm. you and I both kind of rolled our eyes at it a little bit, and yeah. we, we both kind of threw shade at this match on our preview show last week, too. As someone who's in the building, it was perfect. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but you said good match, good heat for the Briscoe brothers getting a lot of booze. Scorpio Sky and Kazarian were great. Yep. They, of course, are at a point right now where, despite the fact that they are obviously supposed to be heels, you know, it's a smart crowd. We love it when the heels are entertaining. Well, and, and it's hard to come up with a more entertaining heel gimmick than what SCU is doing right now. Yeah, it's... SCU is just a very chantable acronym also. Yeah, that's true. I I wasn't at StarCast. I would rather see the city than be cloistered up in the conference center of a hotel lobby for the entire weekend. With other wrestling fans. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But apparently everywhere that they went that weekend, they were just followed by chants of SCU, SCU. They come out, they do the, this is the worst town we've ever been in. That gets a huge pop. Yep. I bet half the crowd isn't even from the city, so they don't care. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't care that Chicago sucks. And, like, for all of the grief that we gave the Briscoes last week, what a perfect heel act for your opening match. I could see that. Everybody fucking hated these guys. Is it? Do they actually hate them, or are they just tired of watching homophobic people wrestle? Uh, <laughs> Is yeah. it like, well, we've known these people are bad guys since 2008 and just they're still like, here? If you want to cheer for SCU... It's hard to think of like a better yes. foil team for them to go up against than the Briscoes. That makes sense. So you say 
decent match. It was a good opener. I liked it. Yeah. Let's jump over to the other thing here on. There were, the finish of that match was nuts. I didn't by the see way. it. Tell me what it is. Uh, it was like a double team off the top rope. I can't quite remember the spot exactly. But worth looking up. Absolutely. Okay. If you have not seen Zero Hour, which I have not, which for people who watched the pay per view or watched uh, the, <laughs> like, went on to New Japan World and watched it after the fact. Yes. It did go up on NJPW World. Uh, the pre-show was not attached. And oh, because okay. of this, All In put up all of Zero Hour in its entirety on YouTube. And okay, I do great. recommend going and watching it, not just for the finish of this tag match, but for what we're about to talk about right now. Which is the Battle which Royal. Is the Battle Royal, which might be one of the best Battle Royals of all time. Yeah, I, and now listen, I, I don't put a ton of stock in Dave Meltzer's opinion, but it did stand out to me that he said, oh yeah, this is one of the best Battle Royals of recent history, for sure. Like, that made me think, Oh, I should roll because battle royals—they can really only be fun for me. I've never really—I can't think of one I'd describe as great. Mm -hmm. uh, and to hear, you know, such glowing praise. What, what was it that you liked so much about it? Just perfectly booked in that every single person in this match got their moment to shine. Mm. You know, and and sometimes it was teased early, and we'd come back to it later. Whether that's the best friends hugging each other in the middle of the ring. That's great. They teased that spot early. It got broken up. Yep. They eventually clean house, and they do get their hug together. They were promptly then thrown out of the ring by Bully Ray. Like, everything was designed to give you what you wanted and then have it immediately taken away by Bully Ray. Th this is interesting, and I think you might enjoy this because the things that you see on the floor versus what I saw on the telecast. Mm -hmm. I didn't see this match, but I did see the GIF going around. They gave the best friend's hug, the Okada zoom out. When oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, so they That's go in wonderful. for the hug, and they do like the giant pullout. It was awesome. That is wonderful. Yeah. But like so many terrific moments. Uh, Marco Stunt, who yeah, has the body of like a 10-year-old. Yeah. Crazy small. Yeah. He flipped out of the ring at one point, and then Bully grabbed him by the hair. Yes. He has like an enormous curly afro. Oh. And he was pulled back into the ring. Not good. Entirely by his hair. Oh, It was ow. brutal looking. Ow. Just brutal looking. How was Bully in the match? Uh, perfect. Yeah. He, he was the ultimate bad guy yep. of not just this match, but he kind of reprised that role a little bit later on in the show, That's, as we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, he was excellent here. Uh, it was so fun to boo him yeah. and just yell, like, fuck you, bully. That's great. Like, I had a great time uh, just just booing my head off and, and treating him like the ultimate heel, which he was. But just, you know, uh, Jordan Grace gets yes. to, like, like, have these insane strength spots, eliminates Brian Cage from the match. So cool. And then she is promptly eliminated by Bully Ray. It's just time and time again, you get all of these spots that you want to see, and then they ultimately build to the heel versus uh, Flip Gordon. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> or the heel getting heat out of you getting your moment of gratification very briefly. And then, yes, like you said, uh, there was a luchador in the, in the ring who was, like, thrown out early but not over the top rope. Mm -hmm. He disappeared for a long enough stretch that you forgot all I about him. Great. I did. I do want to say, and I said this a couple times in the chat, and I just brought it up to John as we were talking before the show, Billy Gunn is in this match with his son, Austin yep. Gunn, who may as well be called Mini Gunn. Like, he, <laughs> I he, haven't seen that anywhere. He's so – he's perfect. Uh. He's like a just a shrinked version of the old man. But, like, when you look at Billy Gunn, and you and I have, like, trash-talked Mr. Ass, 
multiple times. I would do no such thing. <laughs> like, he, he is... I've pointed to his victory as, like, the one that sunk King of the Ring <laughs> as, as like, something that meant something. Greatest theme ever, though. But when you look at him, when you see him live in person, you see everything yeah, that they huge. saw. He is so big. He yep. is bigger than Brian Cage. Oh, yeah. He is incredibly tall, and even though he can't talk, he has insane physical charisma yeah, like, like you just want to look at him like rvd or jeff hardy come to mind where yeah, it's yeah. just like these guys can't talk but they super don't need to exactly like, they are magnet your eyes are magnets to them or whoever like just him doing that. the suck it got huge pops I'm and sure. why wouldn't it of course um i mean he he got kissed by jimmy jacobs at one point ah, i didn't know which that was super fun it That's was just a great battle royal like literally every participant gets their moment to shine and it caps off with flip eliminating Bully Ray. Big reaction. And Flip Gordon is all in, baby. And yes, huge reaction. We went crazy for Flip. That whole place was chanting Flip, 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 Flip. And let me tell you why this is a good battle royal. Yeah. Okay, not only was it booked well so that every person in it got a moment to shine and something that they can look back on as like, I was the star of that match for that one moment. Yep. Which... So often, never happens in WWE Battle Royals. Mm -hmm. But we had stakes. There's something on the line. That's right. A title shot later on in the show. Like, if the Andre the Giant Battle Royal or the Women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania, if that led to something, if you got like a US or IC title shot or a women's title shot or literally anything, and it doesn't even happen to have to happen later on in the same show, it can just be as simple as this leads to an opportunity, then suddenly that means something. Definitely. And... It was booked so perfectly to make you hate Bully Ray so much that by the end, Flip Gordon was maybe like I can't. It's hard to think <laughs> of a single WWE wrestler on a WWE show who was more over than Flip Gordon was in that moment. What about Daniel and Bryan? we all hate Flip Gordon. Yeah. Everybody in that crowd is fully willing to acknowledge. Flip is a dumbass piece of shit. He has awful political views. I absolutely despise this person as a human being. He was so over because the booking was that good. Yeah, I think all in, uh, I certainly had some criticisms of it going in of like, where are you going to find importance in this show with no story, not a ton of storylines entering it or exiting it. But I thought they actually maximized really well making stories and stakes in these matches. And I can touch more on that in a bit. Justin, I need you to say basically nothing about this match uh, for time-wise as Matt Cross takes out Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Yeah, there's not a lot to say. MJF was a great heel. I think in the grand scheme, this match probably should not have happened Yeah, uh, because this was a show that was crunched for time in the end. Mm -hmm. uh, that might be because some other matches ran long. Ultimately, this is a match that, you know, neither of these guys meant anything to this crowd. They might both go on to be future sure, stars. Yeah. In the case of MJF, that's probably true that this guy will be a big heel on the indies going forward. I could see that. But he's like, done some MLW dates, too, and get some buzz out of there. At the time, I was saying to my uh, guys who were sitting around me. Doesn't matter. We are, have we, to move are, on. We, are they booing or hooing? Who, I guess that's true. Who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. Like, nobody cared about this match, even yeah. though it was fine. It wasn't bad by any stretch. Yeah, that's, you know, that's tough to get around, but mm -hmm. I agree that this, that we're into the part of the show I have watched, and it did seem a little... There were still, I, I heard some technical glitches and stuff that's in the broadcast correct. at this point, yeah. so it's probably good that they had a match that nobody really cared about. That's an interesting point. time to work that out, too. Good call. Uh, let's talk about the, I guess you'd say, uh, second match of one Stephen Amell as he took on Chris Daniels. I thought it was great. Yeah. 
I thought it was all right. A lot of people, I saw it both online and was hearing it from people in the stands at the time that the match was going on, yeah. that Amel is basically Shane McMahon for the indies. He's got oh, that's a very limited uh, kind of uh, you know arsenal, yeah. but, but he's willing to do like the coast-to-coast. Coast. Yeah. He's willing to do a big jump to put himself through a table. He's willing to do all these high spots that Shane consistently does. What separates Shane from all those, though, is just up the adjective. Big jump, yeah, yeah. huge it's jump. It's true. It's true. But I thought he was good. I, I get the comparison, yeah. And I, I thought his willingness to take chops to the chest from Christopher Daniels. Yeah, those corner just his, beating. His chest was just like... You know, not quite on the level of like Daniel Bryan, like raw hamburger meat at the end of it, but not far either. One word answer. Christopher Daniels, best days behind him? No. I like to hear that. Uh, we got time for another one here, JMO. The four way, the women's match. I loved this match. I thought this was great. I thought it was very good. Tessa Blanchard taking on Chelsea Green, Madison Rain, and Britt Baker. It was kind of confusing to people in the building because it was announced as a four corners elimination match or a four corners survival match. Right. Which to everyone there, we took it as like, oh, this is an elimination match. Yeah, survival makes you think that. Yeah, but yeah. it was just a fatal four-way. Yeah. So It's like how ECW never called them triple threats. Like, this is a three-way dance, I think. Yeah, That's so it was just confusing to the crowd. We kind of thought that the match was going to continue after that pinfall. I could see that. It, I also didn't like the four of them like celebrating in the ring. Yeah, after. I don't like that either. I think it's overdone. Look, I've said that I've gotten emotional yeah, about you're a women's big mark results. For that. Uh, like in the past, after like for example, Sasha and Bailey at NXT yes. Brooklyn, Becky and Charlotte come out. The four of them embrace. It's a very emotional moment. Brings a tear to mine eye. Yep. I don't need to see that after every single match. At, no. a, at a certain point, it's like it feels cheap that you are embracing each other and hugging like can you believe women are wrestling right now yeah of course i can believe it you should believe it too. it's the norm now yeah. like yeah now there is cause for celebration there those ladies are part of just the second ever all women's match that is available to be watched on new japan world is that right yeah that's awesome uh and i Do you know what the first one is it's i can't remember yeah i can't i would have thought that they might have been the first that's awesome though. but yeah like it is that is a historical moment for all of those women the match was great especially I thought it was great. the final 5 minutes yep. i thought chelsea green was amazing just about to ask who you thought was who stood out to you uh who there was a very clear i'm not going to say best in this match but someone who i thought really stood out to me throughout the match really is that tessa it was tessa blanchard yeah she's great I, I was really, really impressed. Like, she seemed like she was really ring-generaling it in the last five minutes there. Like, maybe even being a little loud, calling some spots. But I, I was really impressed. I thought, like, everyone was working against her at different points. I don't know if... Is she the most veteran of the four? Or? Um, I, don't, I think they would have started about the same yeah. time. Like. Maybe Britt Baker a little behind. But either way, I thought... I thought <coughs> Bless you. Ooh. I thought Tessa Blanchard just fantastic in this match. <coughs> Do you want to say one more thing there? All right. And that is, I would have loved it if Chelsea Green had won that match. Okay, why is that? But, uh, just Victoria I thought, represent? I, yeah. Uh, I was, you know, Canada. She was announced as being from Vancouver, Canada. Oh, that's awesome. That's a big pop from me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, look, Tess is obviously the biggest star of that bunch. Yep. So she doesn't really need that rub. No, but she wasn't the best. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. There. Uh, it was weird, though. Did you notice this, too? That there were a lot of champions on this show, but only the Ring of Honor people got to bring their belts to the ring. No, I didn't notice that. Impact Knockouts champion Tessa Blanchard does not bring her Impact but Knockouts belt. All this did. Oh yeah, that's the NWA title. That's different. That that belt was on the line. Yeah. You know? So who didn't get to bring theirs out? Just like the Briscoes brought out their belts, even though those belts weren't on the line. Yeah. Tessa did not bring out her belt, though. Tessa has like four championships right now. Okay. Uh 
Was uh, there anyone besides Tessu? Brian Cage is the is the X Division oh, champion. Yeah. He didn't come out with his belt. I can't say I'm surprised by that. Uh, there were New Japan guys who had titles. Kenny didn't come out with his. Yeah, that's true. I thought it would have been great if Kenny had the belt with him for the record. Yeah. But if it's not on the line. JMO, you said you came back from Chicago bearing gifts to me. You were going to give them on the air. This seems like a good place to do it, no? Yeah, I did. I, I brought some stuff back from uh, the Pro Wrestling Tea store. I already gave you your, your T-shirt that you're wearing right I now. I love this shirt. This is, uh, what would you say, Justin? It's a Raven shirt, it is, obviously. It is a Raven black and white T-shirt. He's doing the entrance pose. It has, like... Claw marks his name spelt Raven on top. It's one of my favorite wrestling shirts I own. Thank you so no much. No problem, but that is not all that I yeah, got. Yeah, this for time you. you said there's something else, and I'm almost. Should I close my eyes? Yeah, sure. Okay, my eyes are covered. I'm not looking. Oh, I hear like a plastic wrap. Is it a food item? Open your eyes. My eyes are. Oh yeah! <laughs> you do you remember me talking about uh-huh. this? Tell them what this is, Jamo. Okay, so Josh had a subscription for the oh longest time to God. Pro Wrestling. Crate, you are a hero, and he, and he would receive all of these little micro, micro brawlers. brawlers, which are a vinyl little figure toy that uh, that Pro Wrestling Tees creates, and we're sending out with the crates. But the problem is. That you didn't get to pick the ones that you got. No. You got a bunch of them that are pretty good that you have at home. You've got like a, a Penta L. Ohm. Yeah. You've got an Andre the Giant. Joey Ryan. You've got a Joey Ryan. Van but, Vader. But if you go on to the website, you you cannot choose which one you want to order if you go on to the Pro Wrestling Tees. It's just random packs. Yeah, it's one, a random. Three or five, I think. Yes. And so there was one in particular that you always Justin. wanted that you were like, well, I'm never going to order like eight to make sure that I get it. Well, your bud I went to the store and picked it up for you in person. And it is a CM Punk best in the world micro brawler. This is, I feel like, well, first of all, thank you very much. I can't believe you remembered that. That is, where, does this go in the studio? I think I want him at home. I think I'm too selfish yeah, no, to I, keep him it's here. It's fine. I got one for myself, too. You can, you can take that one. Home. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Look at that's a pretty good likeness of Volcano. It is. It is. He's doing the cross arm pose. He's wearing his black ringer tee. My guy, the chick magnet. I just knew that you were gonna go crazy for that. I got uh, I got Mike a, a Jay White one too. <laughs> <laughs> That's Picked up a fitting. couple micro brawlers for my boys back home. Justin, before we uh, jump fully into round number two, uh, I want to read a, a tweet we got from a listener today. I put out the call for questions, as I always do. Okay, okay. Uh, and we got just a, a comment from a listener that I that I want to read aloud on the show. Uh, and it comes from us from, uh, and he requested we call him this, Duncan Idano of the Sweet Boys. Okay. And he was calling out that he's in this wrestling chat in his real-life friend group called the Sweet Boys. Mm. But he's been frustrated because we've had some members of the Sweet Boys on we the have. show. Zubes. And I and think Blake Murphy. Blake Murphy. That's right. And they never reference the Sweet Boys. So we want yeah, to go Justin out of the way. Justin Fisher is in that group as well. Duncan Idano of the Sweet Boys says, not a question. I would just like to say that I'm very happy Justin had such a great trip. He's been hustling hard for a while, and it was cool to have him see him have such a great experience. I thought that was really nice, and I just wanted to read it on the show. There's nothing – you don't even need to respond. I just thought it was a really nice thing to say. I'm getting a little teary-eyed over here. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I mean, I hope I, – I don't know if I've talked about it on the air that I've basically Oh, you not, are getting teared up. That I have not had a vacation in like 10 years before this past week, so – I, I do appreciate that very much. That's My, very sweet of you. Very nice of uh, Duncan. I suppose all of the sweet boys uh, echo that opinion. Yeah, and I, you know, I feel like uh, I feel like we are peripheral, like satellite sweet boys. Oh that wow! If, that if we were to like uh, visit Toronto, yes. for example, for SummerSlam yes, next yes, year, yes. that we would be welcomed in. 
with open arms. Are you telling me there might be a hashtag good friends and sweet boys sort of uh, crossover? I'm just saying like an east west connection. I'm trying to think of like uh, like it would be like the golden elite basically, like two. <laughs> yeah, two. or like Ring of Honor Bullet Club and New Japan Bullet Club. Like they're okay, both yeah, Bullet yeah, Club, yeah. but uh, yeah, separate. for sure, definitely. So very kind of. I'll be, the, I'll be the Chase Owens of. Uh, <laughs> no, boys. stop it. No, but like Andrew Cizlak, who I was talking about earlier. He visited Toronto a couple years ago and said he just had the greatest time with those guys. They all like welcomed him in and treated him like family as just some guy from the internet who was visiting the town. So Nothing speaks higher than I, that. I look forward to getting that own experience and I, of my own when you and I hopefully visit Toronto for SummerSlam next year. I don't know year. if you saw many offers for free dinner we got uh, Oh, we Toronto, did. But we're not <laughs> yeah. really nice. <laughs> yeah. And as someone who loves eating, eating for like free. Kings. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I was thinking. Yeah. And I don't know if I should talk about this on the air do it anyway but uh like i i'm talking right now about going to SummerSlam next year with so many people yes yeah that like we should just rent a house yeah i i yeah maybe this is the best on-air content but i think there might be some some legs to that because there are so many people who are like it would would be 70 percent going it would be cheap for us to do it with the numbers i'm thinking of yep it would be awesome and like there's no reason not to do it if you're hearing this right now in your ear holes Come to Toronto next yeah. summer and hang out with the hashtag good friends. Yeah, things, come so. to the Too Sweet House. <laughs> Not bad. No, Legends House. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's get on in to round number two. Round two. Fight. Justin, let's get right back into it with the second half of All In Here, which I think you had said at the the top of the show was the stronger half. Well, how could it not be? It's got all the good matches, right? Let's get into one of those matches that, I I mean, I look foolish as hell as uh, Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes put on what I thought was just a brilliant idea of a match on a show like this, where they were like, everyone's going to be going so hard. Let's work it kind of old school. Let's have the run-ins. Let's maximize. Let's be honest. Neither Cody Rhodes or Nick Aldis are lights-out workers. I I thought that this was a total show-stealer in its own way. It was exactly what we said last week, that that neither of these guys have to be blow-away ring technicians to have a good match. You just need good storytelling. And that's exactly what they did. This was a classic throwback match. This is an 80s-style main event in 2018. Like, if this match was the headliner of, like, WrestleMania 4... That'd be the best match on it by far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like it but was it that. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be out of place there. No, you know there might be a couple spots where you'd be like, oh, that's progressive or whatever. It's a little bit different for the st- the style of the time. But generally speaking, overall, it felt like a classic match, right down to Cody blading and like. Yep. Man, how good does that hair look with blood? Dude, we were convinced in the building that that was a real injury spot. Because Hebner threw up the X, right? Oh, did he? He, Yeah. I didn't notice. He's ringside. He puts the X up, and the whole crowd, like a hush falls over us. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Bunch of smarts. In the the biggest moment of his career, this is going to be stopped short. He cannot continue. That would be. As soon as DDP came running down the ramp, we all knew it was a work. That's awesome. But up until that moment convinced and now you're playing with fire there because you almost bring me out of the reality of the match by introducing a different reality yes Uh, you have to really try there's so many examples of this kind of thing going awry because it really altered the mood yeah everybody was so excited for this match and then like a pall is cast over the entire arena interesting yeah i don't know if that came across over the We, the we got it back yeah like when it when we figured out it was a work we got back into it again but 
Oh boy, was that a scary moment for a second there. I'm not going to pretend to be a Nick Aldis expert or that I like liked Magnus at all in TNA. In fact, the opposite is true. Yeah. But this must be at least on his short list of best matches, right? It was fantastic. Like, I, I really liked this match. My I, only complaint would be that it ended on a roll-up, which... It leaves it open for a rematch. Yeah. And now that he has the NWA title, the only other established NWA guy, it, it's Nick Aldis or Tim Storm. And listen, I love Tim Storm, but, like, it's not really a feud. I could see them doing a triple threat now because Aldis owes Tim Storm a rematch still. Okay. So I could see. But, Justin, briefly, what does Cody being the NWA champion mean? Everything. <laughs> is he is he defending it on other shows? Will there be NWA I hope shows? So. Yeah, I like think what we you and I talked about this a year ago, like yeah. literally on like episode two of this show. It was in the first episode of Keep It or Kick It. Yeah, that so was maybe too. like episode four. I'm yeah. not sure, but regardless, early going of top marks. You and I talked about the idea of. Cody taking that belt all over the United States, yep. taking it to every territory, defending it up and down, just like the old man did. Yep. That is what the NWA needs, and that is also emblematic of everything that is good about wrestling in 2018. Totally that we are true. finally returning to this place where companies are fully willing to work with each other to just build up the best of everyone. Like, that's what has been so good about Impact over the past year. Yep. That is exactly what Cody should be doing. Cody should be defending on Impact against Austin Aries. He should be everywhere. If I'm... Okay, so maybe I'm going to eliminate the TV deal companies just just because I could see there's, like, logistics with okay. having belts. Okay. But if I... But, like, Ring of Honor is clearly fully on board with working with the uh, NWA. For sure. But even if I'm MLW... If I'm CZW, if I'm GCW, like, all I am doing is like, hey, Cody, when can you come main event against our champion and mm. you can win? Like, it's just such a no-brainer. I thought this was really, really good. The blood was great when he popped up. Yep. Finally, after being down for so long, just leaking everywhere. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. In the blonde hair, like you said, classic imagery. Uh, but just a great finish to the match, too, man. Brandy just breaking down in oh. tears was tremendous. Brandy was, I mean, tremendous in this match. Throwing herself in front of the elbow drop. Just a, looked one of the great <laughs> moments of the entire show. Her cell was so funny. I'm not maybe this is a critique against Brandy, but it was just so funny. I was pretty If anything, I thought she should not have come out with Flip for the Ring of Honor match. Yeah. It I, negated her injury. Yes. Yeah, I agree, actually. I hadn't thought about it at the time, but you're totally right it was, about that. It was great for, like, the race-flipped Macho Man Elizabeth stuff that she was doing with, um, yeah, with Jay uh, Lethal. That but he like, thought she was his Elizabeth. Yeah, but like negates the injury. You should be selling that injury. You should not be coming out for that match. That's all I would say. That's yep. a negative. Otherwise, I have nothing but wonderful things to say. Man, being in the audience for that, I'm sure. we wanted that Cody victory. So bad. That would have been like if Naito won at the Wrestle Kingdom I was at. They did. Like, what a great job they did, man, of yeah. building this match out of nothing. The build for this started in June. Nick yep. Aldis was not even someone that I had ever really even heard of at that point. No, probably just from me talking about him and Tim Storm. Yeah. That would have been it. Uh, let's move on, Justin, so, to our consensus. Uh, a tremendous job of both building up Nick Aldis as someone who I give a shit about at all. Yeah. And making me want to see him lose. Just a classic build of a match that has nothing at stake other than a title that both guys want more than anything. That's what wrestling should be about. It was awesome. 
Uh, Justin, I know that we both agree here. This is a consensus opinion that this next match is the best match in the, of the 2000s. So I'm not, I don't think we need to say much about that. But uh, Joe, Hangman Page taking out Joey Janela in a Chicago street fight. It's the third best match on this show. That is not true. Yes, it is. This was... Okay, so as a stage setter, you were there. You're you're fired up. The audience is yeah. electric. I'm coming home from the bar. It's 1:30 a.m. and I'm you know I could have done without all of like the Cracker Barrel Donkey Kong bullshit. Stop it! Stop it right now. Why? What was good about that? It was ECW. It was that hardcore rolled, meets that comedy. That he rolled a barrel at him and he jumped over it. Just that it was funny and not self serious. And on this show, let's be honest, it, in PWG shows for sure, yeah. it veers into too much self seriousness. Really, a- this match. This match was too self-serious without no, no. the barrel stuff? No, 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 no. The, the match that ends with a parade of penises bringing Joey Ryan back to life? No, no. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying okay. this was so welcome on, on a card like this, where okay. it was like, this was purified fun. Somebody squeezed the fun fruit, juiced that, and they're like, all right, Hangman. And now, I'm fully with you with all the stuff with like the boots and the phone and all everything that's paying off, all of the build from... Being the elite, I'm right there with you. I'm just saying the barrel stuff was a bit much. Not for me. I was. Uh, now I think Joey Janela. I mean, what is this guy? What are we doing, Joey Janela? What is going on? This guy. How many atrocious things did he have to take there? The the burning hammer through a t- which no one's talking about because Hangman did such a terrible burning hammer that it's almost unfree. If you're gonna do a move as like legendary as the burning hammer, mm-hmm. make sure it's good. Like it looked awful. Dude, the throw, the power the bomb. Pa- off the running the, power. He did not even get half as much on that throw as he needed. Mm-hmm. It was horrific to watch. Joey goes through the first table, just smokes his head on the back. I thought Hangman was a little all over the place in this match, if I'm being honest. But then the rites of passage off the ladder. I, I, mean, I honestly Considering Hangman had the tights that said Joey Killer, <laughs> he might have killed him. I thought he lived up to his name. <laughs> I, I thought Janela was dead. Who is willing? I, how many guys on earth are willing to take that spot? Probably no one. One. Yeah. Joey Janela. Yeah. And maybe if you get fully out of retirement, I yeah, mean. Yeah, but like, I, I will not sit back and abide your anti Hangman takes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you. It's too much. <laughs> You've got it set in your head. It's the exact same thing as like Seth Rollins and yeah. Finn Balor and all these other guys that you come out swinging against. You've got it in your head. And you described him as being like Apollo Crews yeah. in that you can see that there's spots there, but there's no connective tissue. The, to be look, clear. Look, that, that might have been true like eight months ago, but I feel like every time now you go into a hangman match with that in your head and you don't actually watch the the actual connective tissue of the things that he is doing because if How that could you was say that? I just told you what was, was that if that was a true that's criticism such a dumb thing to say like a year ago I do not think that is the case now he started with that match that he had in New York where he did the flip off the balcony Incredible, yeah. he had that great match with Jay White of all people who I don't think is very good on this show I Long said Beach that was show. a bad match though I don't like that match <laughs> he had an excellent G1 tournament man what were the two people keep saying this what, name his two good G1 matches Hangman is having a hell of a twenty. What are they? What are the good Hangman G1 matches? If I'm talking so out of my ass, what are they? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you knew. You didn't have a fucking clue. Match just with, like Mike, the you knew match a with Suzuki point. was fantastic. It was decent. It was probably his best match of the G1. Decent. It was good. It was a good match. Okay. What's what is this great G1 people keep talking about? 
What is it? You don't know and Mike doesn't know. Neither you can tell me in person. You always got to type and hit the internet. I can tell you the four matches he wrestled, and I can tell you the one good one, and it's Suzuki. So don't you tell me I'm talking out of my ass when you are currently he Googling. He was great. He He's was behind great. his laptop right he now, folks. He was great Googling. in this match. Uh-huh. He was great in this match. The burning hammer sucked. He didn't throw Janela anywhere near far enough. I'm telling you what he was bad at this match. Like, well, you have it stuck in your head. No, I don't. Did you see the burning hammer? Do you think it was good? I just feel like this is the same conversation that we had about Seth Rollins all of last year. But they're totally different. I'm saying Hangman is doing bad moves, and Rollins wasn't connecting with the audience and was selling the knee differently. (laughs) Let's move on. All right. Uh, Jay Lethal. No, we can't move on without talking about Joey Ryan. Yeah, you're right. All right. It was the greatest moment of the entire show. The erection erection? Yes, the res erection. A res. It's like the fact that they brought him back by just showing that he could still get a boner, (laughs) that that's like the indicator (laughs) that there's still life in the lifeless body of Joey Ryan. Tremendous. Now, we were expecting interference from him throughout this entire match. Yeah. Like everybody was expecting, wouldn't it be crazy if Joey Ryan has been under the ring for this entire show? (laughs) Or wouldn't it be crazy if Joey Ryan is in the Cracker Barrel barrel right now? Oh, that would have been great. But what we got was even better, man. Definitely It was like the Undertaker Druids of dicks. It was. And it was so great. Great capper to like a match that was so like loose and fun. Like, I just love everything about this match. Joey Ryan running out looked awesome. You've set the stage for All In 2. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's the match. Hangman versus Joey Ryan, like, or they'll probably do it at like Ring of Honor or something. I don't know, because Joey Ryan like refuses to sign with anywhere exclusively. That's like his thing, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He works with Lucha Underground a lot, and he's a co-owner of PWG. Yeah, I wonder where it could happen. Uh, but I agree. You had to talk about that great moment. It was the, it was my favorite thing that happened on the entire show. Oh, oh! People we- would ask me like, "What's the best thing you saw?" And I would say. I witnessed a man be resurrected by a phalanx of phalluses, and then those same dicks hauled another man off to his doom. You want to know what I love about Hangman? No, I don't. We don't have time. The facial reaction. Awesome. The acting when he saw Joey Ryan. Why did you ask if I wanted to hear it? I said no. When they do the cutback to his, like, reacting. Yeah, it it was was very scary. No, he'd seen a ghost. He was in shock. Good for him. It was hilarious. Uh, What we actually can't leave this match with talking about is... Hangman's a star. A a tremendous performance by Penelope Ford. Uh, Oh, yeah. I thought she was a show stealer here. Tell me that wasn't like one of the better crossbodies you've seen. I was so taken aback. I'd say she's like... I did a list of my top moments of the show. Yeah, she would have to be on it, Joey Ryan was number one. Yep. And then Penelope was number four. Hilarious. Yeah. And number two and three... Are Cody Rhodes winning the title and Jericho interfering? So this match has two of my top four moments of the entire show. I just there was some sort of like, and again maybe this very similar the, to like the Liv Morgan spot that we always praise Liv Morgan for the bend- her ability to like bend backwards to avoid offense. Well, doing the Liv Morgan bend over and then the Neville backflipping out of it, like. And then there was just something like paradoxical about her, like very graceful, lots of hang time crossbody. Mm-hmm. Then she puts uh, Hangman onto the table, and then Janela's elbow off the the ring post. He gets like no vertical. It's like he just like falls off of it. They were just like utter opposites. Really cool. Uh, Jmo, let's talk a little bit here about Jay Lethal taking on uh, Flip Gordon. Sure. Um, Okada versus Hangman at the G1 also very good. Yeah, post googling. 
Very good. I'm so impressed. He's typing away here, folks. What a mess. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this match? Uh, Jay Lethal doing a Macho Man impression for the, the bulk of it. Uh, uh, it. It was flat to start, mm. but I will say that the audience needed that. Some sort we're, of cool down. We're coming off of two just massive highs. Yeah. In Cody versus Aldis, and then the revival of Joey Ryan. Like, we could not be more emotionally spent in completely different ways. In a mm. comedy moment, and a real genuine emotional moment. Yeah, you were spent in two ways. And so, like, I was joking around at the beginning of this match being like, Flip must be thinking to himself, God, this crowd's flatter than the earth. <laughs> but, but we <laughs> we needed a break. Like, we needed a refresher. And I feel like... A palate cleanser. Yeah. I feel like this match won us back in the end. Yeah. The, the finish was good. Uh, do you have any problem? Like, does watching Jay Lethal feel weird post the Taylor Hendricks stuff? or A little bit. I, what I would say, though, is that I... Here's what Brent said. Okay. My friend uh, Brent, who I was at the show with. Sure. You can find him on Twitter, at Brenton Roses. There we go. Uh, Brent is a huge fan of the Macho Man Randy Savage. Brent said after what a the show. Thing about him. Brent said after the show that Macho Man is his favorite wrestler of all time. Really? Yes. How old is Brent? And uh, I'm not sure. But Interesting. He, but he said that you know he will never get to see Macho Man perform live. Mm. But the closest thing he gets now is Jay Lethal doing Black Machismo. Sure. Which is what we got that night, and Brandy was Miss Elizabeth for a little bit. Yeah. And it was kind him of getting confused was kind of. And fun. of course, Lanny Poffo out there was fantastic. Seeing <laughs> Lanny working with Jay Lethal was tremendous. I, I popped really for Lanny Poffo. The shit out of that. Um, but here's the one thing that Brent said after the show. Yeah. It, uh, you know, I really loved it when Flip started doing the Hulk out. He was flipping out. I don't know if you could hear it on the broadcast, me screaming, he's no. flipping out, he's flipping out. I could not hear you. That's too bad because I thought I was very clever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just works, right? He's flipping out. It's definitely his name. Um, <laughs> well, that's like a, it, it's a term, so it, it fits. But here's the thing. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage never once in his career beat Hulk Hogan. Right. Never. Yeah, I know. But he did that night. Even if it was through, like, the fucking avatar of Jay Lethal pinning Flip Gordon. How was Flip Hogan? Flip was Hoganing out for, like, a huge portion of that match. Yeah. He I don't know. He became Hogan in, like, the back third of it. Do, do you actually feel like you got any sort of facsimile of Macho pinning Hogan off of that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, people doing impressions will never get that feeling. Okay, and especially with it being, like, a race flip thing. Yeah, that is definitely interesting. To me, that like it, it that was something. That's and, cool. Yeah, uh, and so that meant a lot to Brent, and I can see where he's coming from because it was it was a cool moment for sure. Let's talk about the IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega taking on uh, the if we're to believe the MLW tweet, the heading to NXT uh, Pentagon. Best match of the night. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, for me, for sure. Was it uh, okay? So, what did you like so much about it? Just. Shocking spots. Shocking. <laughs> How poorly did my comment age from the preview show where I was like, I wonder if he'll hit a package pile driver. Package pile driver <laughs> on the apron. <laughs> I jumped out of my chair and thought Kenny was like dead. Oh, that was. There's probably like an official photo of me somewhere. I don't know where like the official photographers of All In have posted their work after the show. Sure. But I know for sure at one point in this match, I jumped out of my seat. I'm the only one standing up. I got my hands on my head and I'm just like screaming in a panic. And I know for sure some guy was snapping away at me. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm, I, there were moments in this match where I could not help but just jump out of my chair and scream. 
Yeah, I I left when when the match ended. I was like, wow. Now I love Kenny Omega to be clear, yeah. but but I really was like, wow. Pentagon is really something like that. He can just. I was just really taken with him. I I, I thought the match was was really good. And just like getting us to do that chant over yeah. and over again. Zero. <laughs> so great. It's it awesome. I, I didn't I didn't like the match as much as you. It would be just outside, I think, the, the best three on this show for me. But I thought yeah. it was really good. And I especially thought the ending, like the back half of it was was awesome. Yeah, to my only complaint or wish, basically, is that I, I wish it had gone maybe two minutes longer. I, I, I feel I, like it was ramping up at a pace where it could go a little bit further and a little bit faster. And then you would really have like a finish for the ages. I, but I, I still loved the shit out of this match. I said to to Brock the next day that it reminded me a little bit of AJ Nakamura where I was like, once it finally got going, I was like, oh, wow, we are into something here. And then it was over, like, while I felt like it was really getting into things. Like, I, I, this was a better match than that AJ Nakamura match I'm talking about, but that sort of like, oh, we're really going now. And then I felt like it was cut off early there. I felt like they had that in common. That's what kept me... Well, that time... Went towards the Jericho run-in. Yes. What did you think of that? Amazing. <laughs> did you expect it? Not at all. <laughs> Me neither. How did we not? It's like Jericho's just going to do what he wants now, and it's so awesome. Well, apparently Cody approached him to work the show. Okay. At, or like several months ago, like six months ago. Okay. And at that time, he was still firmly set on never working a non-WWE match in North America. Yeah. He's since changed his mind on that. Oh, has he? And kind of, I think he intimated on Talk is Jericho today that he wishes he had worked the whole show itself. Interesting. But just having him be on it at all was such a shock. It's a genuine surprise, which are so rare yeah. these days. I knew it was him before he took the mask off, but not that long before it. I, I'm an idiot. Even when he was doing the obviously Jericho punches in the corner, I was yeah. like, oh, they're just trying to like get uh, Penta some heat back. So when he goes back to Impact, he's No, I knew it for sure was not <laughs> Pentagon because no. he didn't have the arm tattoos anymore. Oh. But that also eliminated Punk because Punk would have arm tattoos too. Right. And well, he was too big to be Neville. Commentary also says, look at his arm. Yeah. Uh, because you can see the Canadian flag tattoo. And uh, that's okay. when I tune in. But that was after the punches, like right before the code breaker. Yeah. I figured it out before I hit the code breaker. And Ooh. then he took the mask off. People going crazy. Yeah. Awesome. I saw Jericho for the first time work a, a you know, he didn't work a match. But he was on a show in North Hilarious. America that's not WWE. Even if it was just to be like, see you on the Jericho's, bitch. I love it. It was great. Okada vs. Girl, Justin. Second best match after the previous one. Wow, game. was it ever a good match. Fantastic. I I, I mean, do, I, I feel like I am owed some credit here. This is not good to say on it, but I really do. I feel like people were so down on this match. Mm -hmm. And you got to tune into Top Marks every week and listen to me be like... Hey, I'm, I'll still say I wish I'd seen Okada versus like Mysterio. It might have been great. I'll still say that. But Would it like have been a better match I, than this? Hard to say. It, I thought this, this was... This match was tremendous. Him trying to ground Skrull and Skrull trying to break his hand so he couldn't get the wrist control for 20 minutes. I thought this was awesome. I just thought the nuances... I thought these guys were really telling a story in there. They had the good spots. I was so into this match from bell to bell. Uh, not my match of the night, but really, really great. Yeah. Just a shade under Janela and... Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny out. that it's not my match of the night because I do think it is one of the best matches of the year. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so there's at least two match of the year candidates on here. Yeah, party. man. I, I, like, I think 
I think as like a, a story told from bell to bell, this is the best match on the oh, card. Oh, I agree for sure. But on from that. like a, a spectacle, from like the yeah. best things to see live. Yeah. Like I would still put uh, Omega Okada, or rather Omega uh, Pentagon ahead of it. Is this a stupid thing to say? If I was, like, does that make sense? No, I totally get what you're saying, and I wonder if this is like in the same vein. If I had to like show someone a match from All In, it would yeah. probably be Okada versus Girl. Like, I don't know that everyone would enjoy Janela and Hangman for the reasons I did, mm-hmm. but I feel like most people could understand what was great about Okada and Skrull, and yeah. that's a real credit to them. Now, uh, what I will say about this match, yeah, like, does is its greatness and the length that it ran mm. worth it to cut short that main event? What a great question. Um, well, okay. So I guess it would probably depend on your tastes. For a guy like me... Because what, what did I say again and again and again heading into this show? <laughs> this six-man tag match is going to be great. Must it just be. needs time. It needs yeah. to be at least 25 minutes. Yes. I, and, and it was 12. And, in the, and, the, and the difference came from this match. Because, yeah. look... Marty did not come out for the curtain call speeches after the show. Oh, did he not? He did not. I didn't notice because that. Because Gorilla was fucking livid with him. Ugh. And and he's probably taking the fall for, for Okada. Yeah. Like, it is probably Okada's fault Okada that this loves match, the long match went as long as it did. Th- that, like, he just has not had to work a show with a time restraint. He's very often in the main event. He has not had to... I don't think Okada has had like a 12 or 14, 15 minute match. How long's the Osprey match? I'm not sure. I feel like it's like low 20. I feel like it's around the same as this, which but, is to say they're like the shortest Okada match. But like, you know, the the word is that these two guys are getting signals all over the place to wrap it up for like at least 10 minutes. You could hear the ref and they're saying, uh, take yeah. it home. And like, they're ignoring it. Yeah. They're not doing it. And so for, for Marty then to come out after the fact and be like, oh, these dirt sheet reports that I've got heat, it's all just a bunch of phony baloney. You, you're it's, not buying it. No, not at all. You can see, like you said, you can hear the ref. You can yeah. see the officials in the ring saying, "Enough, bring it home." Yeah, yeah. So go home, the, or rather, the gorilla position. All the guys who are producing the show, you know, Cody and the Bucks yeah. and Tommy Dreamer and Bully, Bully, yeah, they're all and, uh, BJ fucking furious. Furious. Well, guess what? When these he delivered, bitch. But is it <laughs> worth it? Is is sacrificing half of your main event worth it to have this great match? You know, it's a hard question to answer, but if you, I can only answer it as me, mm-hmm. Josh Custodio. Yeah. And for me, both watching and were I there, it's not even close. It's well worth it for me. Like I, I'd, yeah, I'd way rather see the long singles match, drawn out, great story, than the the twenty five minute six man spot. Fest. And you're probably right. Uh, but 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 that mileage may vary depending on your now, taste. Now Marty said that oh no like the show had run long in other p- places previous yeah we were already pushing the clock people just assumed that we went long because we were towards the end of the show but actually the show had already ran long and both matt and nick told me don't cut anything have the match you were gonna have if need be we'll do the six man dark after the show goes off the air Wow, interesting. There's no way that's true. There's but that's no way that's true. <laughs> it's <laughs> impossible. I didn't even buy it for an There's instant. no way. And he said that the reason that he didn't come out for the curtain call speeches was because, oh, it was after my match. I just I went and had a shower. I was decompressing. I didn't even know the speeches were happening. Oh, my God. Justin, He's working. I don't want to go too long here, but I've been waiting two weeks to ask well you this. We're already well overtime. I just, I've been waiting a week to ask you this question. Yeah. And we're going to fly through the main event because really what is there to say? Yeah. But I've been waiting to ask you this question. Post-title Okada, mm-hmm. has he won you over? Uh, because you've been something of a vocal critic of him before. Yeah. But I feel like this match, certainly good. 
Uh, like the Tanahashi this, match while he still had the title was very good. So I'm wondering, do you do you feel? I'm not saying he's your favorite wrestler, but do you feel sort of trending? Maybe you're in the the Seth Rollins, uh, like you're starting to turn the ship around a little bit yeah. towards Okada. Is that true? Yeah, or? I would say so. Like I I understand him. Yeah, it's not like I watch him and say what's good about this. No, guy. and you never were saying that. To a me, little Claire. bit, a little bit. I think I, mean, you, I, you, I was super let down by Okada Naito and the pacing in general of his matches. I think yeah. you took umbrage, which, which was a fair complaint. I think. Yeah, but but I think. There's not everybody who can put on a match like this and all in, and and I thought the match was just lights out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, anyway, yeah, Marty Skrull is just—he's really got the moment. Yeah, six-man main event. Yeah, Golden Elite <laughs> versus uh, Rey Mysterio, Ray Phoenix, and Bandito. I thought Bandito was amazing. Just about to say that stole the sh- stole the match. Yeah, ben, he did that uh, the three-man Hurricane Rana. Yeah, just which like I, I understand the complaint that it's like a ridiculous spot, but it's wrestling. It was perfect. No was less ridiculous awesome. than you'd seen more ridiculous things on this show for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, it's tough to talk about this match. It, there, a, you know, a million cool spots, but none of them. It's weird because the Young Bucks have come so far away from the like they never sell. Mm-hmm. They're just spot monkeys thing. You but, can you can <laughs> tell though for sure that they are bumping against the clock on this because yes. every single two count is rushed. It's like. Yeah, the ref is rushing every count. There's like they are just there's no it's like in fast forward one maximizing times. the drama. Absolutely, it is like that. Like, but you know, if there's any like collection of guys that exactly. you're gonna throw out yeah. there and be like, sorry, fellas, you're gonna have to work a rushed match. <laughs> this is the six guys you want to do it. And, and while for me and I, I assume for you, the match was a letdown for that reason. It was also wildly impressive that these dudes could pull off when Ray. I might be messing up the exact spot, but everyone's on the outside. He, like, kicks kip-ups, hits the far ropes, mm-hmm. does the springboard to the outside, and then is, like, back inside moments later for a 619. It's just, like, so fast. Oh, yeah, there was the, it was the teased 619 spot initially. Was that it? I, and, then I, he, and then he got it after because they had broken it up, and then... Bandito and Phoenix run in to break up their breakup. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. It, it was. It's a like. It's a lot to remember because it <laughs> happens so fast. This is my point. It's like, but then like he does instant. hit the six one nine proper afterwards. Yeah. It was awesome. People were going crazy. Yeah. I could hear. Yeah. And like the finish of the match with like the uh, you know the Jacksons hitting their typical splash spot, but adding a a running shooting star so from uh, <laughs> uh, Mysterio. No, no, no. From. Uh, 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 Kota Ibushi oh, oh, did, did a I, running shooting star before the splashes start happening. I see what you're saying. And then Ibushi also did a splash, like a uh, maybe a 450 or something off the top remember. rope as well. It was four. It was three top rope moves in a row into the pinfall. It was amazing. Letter grade for all in. A++. Wow. One of the best shows I could ever hope to be at. And you know what? I was thinking about it, and I, I'm like, I was just like, wow, that was such an amazing show. Everything about it was so great. And Mike was like, oh, I know the feeling, but it's exactly how I felt after Wrestle Kingdom 12. Mm. Here's what I will say. Oh. I've been thought about it a little bit. Here we you go. can tell me I'm wrong. Well, I'm not gonna Feel free to write in and, and, and critique me, yeah. oh, oh, listeners at home. Uh, I think this show was better than Wrestle Kingdom 12. Yeah. Because, because as much as we talked about Wrestle Kingdom 12 as being one of the great cards of all time, mm-hmm. having four or five genuine Match of the Night contenders. Sure. I would say there are just as many genuine Match of the Night contenders on this show. I don't think that's crazy. And I would also say that like, there were some big-time stumbles and missteps on Wrestle Kingdom 12. Sure. I did not like at all the Ace versus Switchblade match. Yep. You could say I hated it, actually. There you go. Yeah. And I did not like it all Naito versus Okada, really, save for the last five minutes. I wish I could bring better perspective here. I find it so hard to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 12 in, like, 
any sort of like actual way. Yeah, because that you've got the same problem that I do for all. Like, I hear you saying these things, and it's like, yeah, I definitely did think uh, Ace and Jay White was not good. But when I think about Wrestle Kingdom 12, I'm just like, oh, my God. So yeah, yeah. I would be really curious to know what the listeners thought was the stronger card. I, I would probably say you could make a case for either of them pretty easily. Like, yeah, I, I mean, because there's stuff that's not great or whatever on All In. Sure. Like, you know, but I don't even think MJF versus Matt Cross is bad. It just doesn't yeah. necessarily belong on this show. And if you're going to have a moment like that, for it to be the main card opener is a lot better than for it to be what, second or third match from the end, or the main event in the case of Wrestle Kingdom 12? Either way, you've got both of those at the end of the year in your top two or three or four pay-per-views of the year, oh, for sure. Oh, God, right? they're so. some of the best shows of all time. Yeah, so... It's like splitting hairs as far as, like, what nugget of gold is larger, you, you know? know? what, man? There's an argument that I that for All In being the better card than, than Wrestle Kingdom 12, there's an argument for it. As I'm, like, thinking about it, it's... I, I'm not the guy to ask. Yeah. I, like, I can't and neither but... am I. Like, we <laughs> yeah. both have our biases of having been at our individual shows sure. here. Uh, but yeah, man. It's an it, interesting discussion. To me, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't think I'm a crazy mark for, for thinking this. No. All in's an A- minus for me. But I do want to have a kind of parting discussion here. Oh, sure. Because yeah. you said save this for the end. I'm, hang on. I'm going to make a call here, calling it an audible. We're sure. going to do Braun next week, and we're just going to go into questions after this I round. I think that's the right thing to so do. So we'll be covering Braun on next week's episode of Tom Marks. Come back. Same time next week, same place, same yeah. time, same channel. Yeah. Go uh, ahead, Jamie. I'll start to interrupt. After the show is over, after after they go off the air, which from what I heard was in the middle of Ian Riccoboni's sign-off. He didn't even get to sign off the show properly. I don't know about the audio thing, but it was like pinfall and maybe maybe f- under 20 seconds, I bet, to yeah. off-air. Well, Riccoboni is apparently in the middle of being like, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this historic... Really, eh? Yeah. That's like, I didn't notice, but I totally believe cut that. in the middle of his sign-off. Totally believe that. Uh, they all, the Bullet Club all comes down to the ring. First mm-hmm. of all, Mysterio hops on the mic, and he says, thank you to Matt and Nick Jackson for uh, inviting me to be a part of this historic event. Awesome. And thank you to the fans for making it all happen, which we didn't even talk about. Mysterio wearing a Wolverine costume was <laughs> so fucking dope. I, I, it makes me so happy how many people tagged me on Twitter seeing Graves <laughs> 2 dressed as Wolverine. It was great. It was spectacular. <laughs> That's some of the best gear I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Fantastic. How do we not talk about yeah. it? He came out. And you again, the entrance is a rush. Like, mm. coming out. He comes out, and it, like, took me a second because, like, the way the camera was from behind, I was like, Ray Mysterio is dressed as Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope he wears that gear in WWE. It's incredible. It's going to be great. Uh, but he gets on the mic. He thanks the Jacksons for inviting him to be a part of history. He thanks the crowd for being so supportive and amazing. And then he turns the mic over to Matt. Mm. And Matt hops on the mic and he says, I don't know if you could tell. We were up against the clock a little bit there. <laughs> but we did get out with three seconds to spare. Can the I jump in goes here crazy. already? I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt because I'm enjoying this. I'll get but it. that is such a perfect, perfect example of why the Young Bucks work. They have come. They come out and they have acknowledged that this crowd knows what they're talking about in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like he comes out and says, "We were up against the clock." I'm sure you guys noticed. Yeah. There's like this admission of the fans being like semi in on it. Like the Meltzer Driver is another good example of this. Yeah, the this, show, the show, which was all about, you know, 
like the this the, existing this, community. The, no, the show is all about this bet with Dave Meltzer. Yeah, and what is the finishing move in the final match? The Meltzer driver. There you go. Unreal. Anyway, please continue. Uh, Matt jumps on the mic and he says, "You know, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening." Blah blah. blah. Let's get everybody out here. Let's get the family out here. Let's get my wife out here. Where's my wife and kids? Come uh, on. I love that. They, they bring out the the Buck's parents. Oh, cool. The Mr. and Mrs. Jackson come down. Uh, everybody in the Bullet Club, save for Marty Skrull, who has too much nuclear heat to be a part of the, <laughs> the, the speeches afterwards. They whoop, all whoop. come down. And Matt uh, gives a speech about like what a dream come true this is, that they uh, had met a little over a year ago. This crazy cat named Cody Rhodes, and they what they liked about him immediately was that he's just as wild and ambitious as we are. He's a cowboy, and and like they could not be happier to have partnered with him and everything that they've accomplished together. Uh, and then he turns the mic over to Cody, basically, and Cody jumps on the mic and he starts talking and he's talking about going out for meals in Japan and all the things that they would talk about when they were having these dreams together. And then he says, and you know what? <laughs> Hangman never paid for meals once. He's too young. He's too <laughs> young to pay for meals. He's what, 21 years old? He'll is that pay- how old Hangman no, is? No, he, he's got to be older than that. They were just teasing him for oh, being okay. the baby of the group, which was super funny. Uh, and Cody gives a speech, which is, this is to me what makes this show special. What makes this an event that I will cherish in my memory for the rest of my life is this moment where he says, you know what I love about this show? That each and every one of you is still here. The show ended 15 minutes ago, and not one person has left the arena. And then he says exactly what he said at the end, the speech that he gave, I think, in New Orleans, that was the final moment of the go-home being the elite, which was our intro clip for last week's show. He gets in the mic and he says, not one man, not one company, not one entity, not one family owns professional wrestling. We own professional wrestling. And when he says we, he is not talking about the Bullet Club. He's talking about each and every person in that arena, each and every person who bought the pay-per-view, each and every person who tuned in on Fight TV, each and every person who has watched Being the Elite. It is the most inclusive sense of we that you could possibly imagine because we are all a part of it. Every single person that was there, every single person that cared about this show is included in that we. And you cannot help but get goosebumps thinking about that the, the the moment that you are involved in and and the the movement that these guys have created and it is exactly what makes this special versus WWE because Matt said it earlier I skipped this part of his speech he said it's not a secret what you guys want you want good professional wrestling you want clear storytelling and good like like you know, good wrestling, good stories. That's what all anyone wants. We are professional wrestling. And to be included in that movement is the opposite of World Wrestling Entertainment where you look at Braun Strowman and you look at Becky Lynch and you look at every single person well, Roman Reigns, that the sure. crowd actually gloms onto. That is a company that is fighting their audience at every single turn. Saying, no, 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 you don't want what you want. You actually want what we want. And we don't. And we never will. And it's just a decades-long struggle at this point. So to go to a show and to witness a product that is so clearly for the fans, to just throughout this entire night, continually, match after match, 
deliver not the results necessarily that you want to see. The guy that you wanted to win every match doesn't win every match. Marty did not beat Okada. You know, like all of these other results that could have gone different ways didn't go that way. But you got the moments that you wanted. You got everything that you wanted out of this show. There's no way you leave all in and don't feel happy at the end of it. It is for you. It is not fighting against you. And that is the difference between what they are doing and what the corporation has become. It is like the clear separation of like what these two things stand for. It just hit me like a fucking like sledgehammer at that point. And it was, uh, it was quite a moment. And then he turned over the mic to Kenny Omega. And before he did that, he said, it is my pleasure to turn things over now to my good friend and the undisputed leader of the Bullet Club, Kenny Omega. And just to hear him call Kenny that was an emotional moment in and of itself. Like that perfect kind of line between kayfabe and reality, where clearly these guys are best friends, but it is also like drawing on the tension between them from their previous feud that took up most of the last year. I just fucking loved these speeches. It was fantastic. It was the best way to close the show. Kenny just basically said, you know, everybody wants to talk about our future. We're staying together no matter what happens. And maybe that's all of them go to WWE together. But whatever happens, the Bullet Club is staying together. Fine speech. (laughs) How about we jump into some listener questions? Let's do it. Yeah, I I hope I didn't go on too long there. What's too long? (laughs) (laughs) You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, First question this week comes to us from, oh, it's our guy. It's uh, last month's uh, Patreon, uh, what would you call it, curator? Uh, Uh, Commissioner. Commissioner. Uh, You can check that out on patreon.com slash topmarks. It's a retro view of uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And we'll be having one going up there of King of the Ring 1995 shortly. And Doug Crap at Learns Mail's question is, Who's the wrestler that you've done a complete 180 on in the last year? So I'm, I'm going to rephrase this a bit because a complete 180 means you hated him mm-hmm. and now you love him. Or vice versa. That's right. And it's like, has, has there been anyone like that for you? Well, here's the thing, man. I always have a hard time with these questions. I know. We get this a lot. Someone will write in and be like, who's somebody that you hated and you like now? And it's like, man, I just don't. I don't hate people. Like, it, I, I, very few. There's so few people that I will not try to find the positives in, you know? Yeah, like even even Mojo Raleigh. Okay, I hate Mojo Raleigh. I hate him too. But like in the immediacy of his heel turn, I was I said on this show, you gave him a I, shot. I liked like how talkative he was during the match with Zack Ryder. Sure, he was. You know, he's not a great wrestler, but he was trying to promo during the match. He was doing the Kevin Owens thing. I at least liked that. I will so often try to find at least one thing that I like about someone because here's the difference between sports and wrestling. If somebody makes a mistake that is going to cost a team a game in hockey or football or any yeah. sport that I follow, I can be genuinely angry about that and criticize a player and be down on them and wish that they weren't on my team. That is the kind of negativity in sports that I can get on board with. Ultimately, we all know wrestling is fake. So anything that anyone does is for the benefit of my entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like They're putting themselves through tables or doing all kinds of crazy stuff so that I will be amused. I'm not going to be like, this guy fucking sucks. That's just not my attitude to pro wrestling at all. I'll say for me, Brock Lesnar is probably closest, where he's somebody that I would say that I really was, I enjoyed his matches a great deal. He always felt like a big deal. Mm-hmm. But then I definitely felt hostile about him holding the title and like that entire situation. So he'd probably be closest to like a complete 180. Okay. 
Um, Jamor, our next question here comes to us from Scoots Brodo with no nickname. I actually have an answer for that, though. No, you talked for eight minutes about how you don't have an answer. Hiroshi, no answer. Hiroshi Tanahashi. There we go. Scoots Brodo, at Scoots Brodo, and he asks. I didn't get, I didn't get Ace when I first started watching New Japan. I just didn't get it. Yeah. I think he is definitely like, you had to sort of be along for the ride a little bit. Yeah. Like, and I'm but, the, I mean, his last two major matches. Great. F- fantastic. Which wrestlers shop at which grocery stores? <laughs> Kevin Owens is a no frills guy. Sure. <laughs> these are going to be so localized. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's going to love these, yeah. but uh, okay. How about I pitch a wrestler and you 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 align to what okay, grocery okay, store okay. you think they shop at? Okay, sure. where does Seth Rollins go? Whole Foods. Yeah, a guy who Definitely. treats his body. I was going to say Whole Foods for sure. The, he was, you know, Mr. Golden Champion. Also, <laughs> he's he's for sure dropping the extra money to go to Whole Foods. How about Broad Strowman? <sighs> Superstore, because just like or, no, we'll go Costco. Quantity because he needs to buy bulk. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Costco as well for that exact same reason. How about Dean Ambrose? Oh, Dean. I think Dean just like shoplifts from gas stations. Uh, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who'd eat like a gas station sandwich for sure. <laughs> for sure, he is like oh egg salad, just like puts it in the pocket of his leather jacket and like mm. pays for gum. Yeah, uh, from from like an American chain, I would say like Dean shops at Ralph's. Why not? Yeah, there, who's who's and is Daniel Bryan Trader Joe's? Uh, yeah, Daniel <laughs> Bryan is for sure Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> Jamar, next question this week comes to us from Patrick <laughs> Duffy as Patrick Duffy at Book of Lube, and he asks, "How much? I mean, I think we both know the answer here. How much would Joey Ryan? How much Joey Ryan would Joey Ryan be allowed to do if he was in WWE?" Hello, ladies. I think uh, he can't do the dick flip, can he? He would in NXT, probably. There isn't anything that would, like, distinctly... I can't think of, like, the reason he can't do it. I just feel like they wouldn't allow him to do it. Yeah. Like, it's not sexualized, really. Yeah, it's not, really. I, I'm still going to say... I mean, it's still a, a move based around, like, the power of a guy's dick. <laughs> the best way. So, in that sense... I, I'm going to say he would be able to be about 50% as good. I think he would be... He would. I think of, of everybody on the indies, he's one of the guys who have the hardest time. I think transition. he could still do his lollipop spot, probably. Down the trunks? I don't know about that. He can't do the super kick where he puts it in the trunks than in the mouth. No, maybe not down the trunks, but he could at least like run it over his greasy body and then yeah. put it inside. Like he could find a workaround, I think, to still do most of his spots. He can be sleazy, but the the spots, which are really just those two, like yeah. he barely does moves in his matches. Like he can't do either of them, I don't think. Yeah. But so I'll say I'll say he loses a lot, but he's good at you know. He's still a great character. He can be so greasy. He'd find a way. I mean, what's his gimmick on Lucha Underground? He's like an undercover cop, right? Well, he's like a fake undercover cop. Okay. Like, he's... Have you... Did I show you him in Aztec Warfare where he handcuffs himself to the fence? No. That's like the only time I've loved Joey Ryan. It's an elimination, like a rumble. Mm-hmm. And he just like never enters the ring and handcuffs himself to the to the fence. It's really good. Uh, Justin, our next question here comes to us from Coca-Cola LLC, our... Gender fluid sponsor, or gender fluid listener, whose gender is a fluid. Right, you are. Sorry, that took a second. That's okay. And he says, who is your favorite celebrity appearance in all of wrestling? We have the same answer for this. I think we've done it before. Uh, or I'll just say, I think it's Machine Gun Kelly getting powerbombed by Owens off the stage. That is a great one. Yes. And, like, I'm not even, I don't know much about Machine Gun Kelly, but I was like, oh, that's awesome. 
Uh, yeah, I loved that moment, and it made Owens feel huge too. That yeah. He, it would just interrupt a musical performance like that. It's so funny that they thought that that would be a heel move for him. Yeah. <laughs> He's just being, like, voraciously And a huge props to Machine Gun Kelly for being willing oh. to, like, take that bump. Too. Again, I don't know much about Machine Gun Kelly, but it definitely made, like, of all the celebrities, so few take bumps. And he's taken the biggest one of any celebrity guest host ever. I would say Kane's recurring feud with Pete Rose oh, yeah. was pretty great, yep. too. Uh, memorable like especially because that like that was at a time in my childhood when that was what i knew pete rose for like i didn't know him as the guy who was like disgraced and banned from like mlb or whatever yeah that i don't have that kind of cultural knowledge he's just the man who was in the chicken costume who got tombstoned by kane at wrestlemania (laughs) which is worth something (laughs) yeah and then then it recurred every wrestlemania as like kane versus pete rose i think ran like four times it's It's lots of moments yeah our next question jmo comes to uh, from andrew del bar at a del bar on twitter and he says, what will be the final match between two major Attitude Era figures that will take place in WWE? Or, sorry, he's asking what year. What year? Yeah. What year? Yeah, they're apparently trying to coax HBK out of retirement Yeah, right M- now. Mike was saying that in the chat. To work a Saudi Arabia match. Against Taker? A tag match. It would be... Oh. Yeah. What's the tag? Do they say anything know, else? Like want? Triple H and Michaels against Ugh. who knows? Fucking Taker and Kane, maybe. All right. So what year? God, it's gonna be way later than we want it to be. Yeah. So is Triple H the last like hanger on? Probably. But apparently Angle is like training to become yeah, full is. time again. He is. And The Rock is apparently gonna work a match next really? year. Really? Well, the, all the r- rumor right now is that The Rock's gonna win the Rumble and we're gonna get Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. What? Yeah, you haven't heard that? No. There's rumors that The Rock is winning the Rumble? Yes. <laughs> and we're getting Rock and Roman at Mania. Oh, my God. For real? Yes. Well, maybe that's great, actually. I, I was initially thinking awful, but that's just an admission that Roman Reigns is turning heel then, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, Unless they're thinking they're going to do a face versus face. There's n- I mean, there's no way Roman's going to get cheered in that. Th- th- I mean, you can't get Roman cheered against Sheamus these days. Yeah. I mean, uh, what year, j Give me a year. It's currently 2018. Do you think – I'm going to say it could still be happening in 2028, 10 years I'm from now. I'm going to say 2035 even maybe. You think 20 years? How old is Triple H How old is years? Triple H right now? Yeah, the answer – because it's Triple H who we're thinking of, right? Yeah. Like Triple H at Mania. So what year is Triple H still at Mania? I'll say Triple I'll H is forty nine right now. That's actually younger than I thought. So, so do you think Triple H could feasibly work a match at sixty five? Funker does it at sixty five. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm gonna say two thousand thirty one. Thirteen years. Twenty thirty one. Yeah, that's my year. When he's sixty two. Yeah. Okay. What? When was Ric Flair's final match? The Michaels. Oh well, then he goes to TNA. I don't know. I'd have to know. Uh, but I don't think he was in his 60s. Like, well, I guess maybe he must have been. Flair's so hard, man, because while we were growing up, he was already old. Like, I have no perspective for him. Yeah, that's funny. I, the autofill from Google on that was how old was Ric Flair when he died. Well, he's still alive, so <laughs> I guess we won't know that. That's funny. Uh, but Flair right now, how old is he? 69 years old. <laughs> nice. Nice. And, yeah, he's definitely been stopped working you know more than four years ago yeah so maybe 65 for triple h is pushing it but i also feel like flair's probably put more wear on his body than triple h it's true but he also has like he can get by on doing spots that he's so rem- i guess triple h has the suck it and whatnot yeah i don't know anyway what year jmo uh i'm gonna go after you i'm gonna say 2033 
I, I hate to sound like a prick, but boy, I hope I'm right. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what I was thinking of as I watched uh, the promo spot between Taker and Michaels? I do know. This week? Yeah. Is that I can't wait to be watching Raw like 25 years from now <laughs> when there's just this up-and-coming new generation of talents that we don't even know they, who they are yeah. now. They might not even be born They're yet. They're 10 right now. Yeah, they might be younger than that still. Yeah. They might be four years sure. old right this second. Owen Owens. Yeah, that they, are, that they are going to be ready to just dominate the wrestling world, and they're going to be stuck behind <laughs> Shield Guy promos. <laughs> it's still going to be like Roman and Seth and Dean 25 years from now cutting oh. promos on each other to hype up uh, some big pay-per-view in Israel. Totally right about it. <laughs> J-Mo, well, we brought him up at the top of the show, but he sent in a question this week. Yeah. Emo, at Fake Kane asks, oh. looks like Penton Phoenix are heading to NXT. Did you see this MLW tweet? That, yeah. yeah. Uh, who from All In will be next to get the call? Just give me a name. Huh. That's a good question. It's a tough one, right? It is. There's it so is. many balls in the and I, don't, I don't think Janela is going. Uh, I could see all of those Bullet Club guys going to WWE together, mm. but I would see them going straight to the main roster. There's no way Cody is going to... Omega's for sure direct yeah. to main roster. But but then if they're all going to stay together, they're all going to go together. Like, of that group, like, Hangman could go to NXT. Yeah. Does Hangman need to be in NXT? You would say yes. I would say no. Well, I would say... Hang on. I, I would say any guy who hasn't done TV probably needs to go to NXT. Yeah. I think EC3 probably could have bypassed NXT because he knows how to, like, play the cameras and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but New Japan shoots differently. So, yeah, I, I'm not saying – I think Hangman could go to NXT, but not that isn't a critique on Hangman. I just think you have to be either extremely upper crust like Omega I just think is. that group is all going to debut together if they were to go. So, I mean, it's an interesting idea, right? Yeah, so removing them from the equation then – uh, I don't. I'll say. I'll say Bandito. I was really oh, fucking impressed call. with Bandito. That's an interesting call. And if the if the Lucha Bros are going, then why not Bandito as well? Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, I brought her up earlier. I'm gonna say I think Tessa Blanchard probably. I don't understand why she's not there already. That's why she's my. They answer. had her. <laughs> they had her. She was in the May Young Classic. And NXT is bare. Like, I, and it's, she's Tully's daughter. Yeah. I, like that, what? The ingredients are there. Like. D- is there only room for one second-generation women's wrestler? Yeah. I wonder if – I genuinely – I'm not making a joke. I genuinely wonder if that's part of it. Like, Charlotte gets the legacy wrestler thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Justin, our next question this week comes from your roommate at Bike Melon, Mike Noble, trying to restart an argument between you and I as he asks, who's better for the wrestling industry, Chris Jericho or Brock Lesnar? Right this exact moment, Chris Jericho. I'm going to say Brock Lesnar. Next question. Uh, (laughs) WWE has done everything in their power over the last however long to tell us that Brock Lesnar sucks and we hate him. Right. And it's worked. I fucking hate him. Yeah. Agreed. I don't want to see him in wrestling anymore. I agree. So how is he valuable to wrestling then? Because he brings it, he gets on Sports Center. Like the mainstream audience is super well aware of him. When he shoved Daniel Cormier, ESPN's number one story was featuring the world universal champion. Like he's he brings way more eyeballs than than Jericho to wrestling. The people who are in the wrestling industry, who does yeah. more for wrestling culture is Chris Jericho by far. Yeah, but w- and, and the, the question then becomes not who is bigger for wrestling, but what is. What is better for wrestling in general? Attracting mainstream eyeballs or attracting the eyeballs that are already here to a stronger, healthier independent scene? The former. I, d- I disagree. Yeah, I think that's sort of where our... We don't have time to get into the nitty-gritty yeah. of it, but 
I, like I think both of us, we probably would agree on a lot of points. Of and I course. think we're sort of making different arguments yes, in some ways. That's very true. Because um, like I, by no means am I. I don't want to come across as like I think Brock Lesnar is a better wrestler than Chris Jericho. I definitely don't think that's true. And I think it's healthier for wrestling to have a a broader landscape of companies that are all doing well. And I think Jericho does a lot more to feed that than anything that Brock does. I definitely agree with the second point. Like, yeah. who could deny, who thinks Brock Lesnar does more for the indies than <laughs> Chris Jericho? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Our next question this week, J-Mo. Oh, this is a hard one. This is from Danger Boy, at DangerBoy69420. What is a small thing a wrestler does that you love? I'm gonna give a really dumb answer here. I'm sorry. I'm sure given more time, I could think of something better. But the the drop knee open hand slap Goldust does. You know that move? Yeah. I like that move a lot. Yeah. Feels like a small thing. Uh, I've complimented both Goldust and Kane's uppercuts. Oh on yeah. Recent shows. Kane's uppercuts a great call for as this as well. Uh, this is uh, this is a small thing in that it's not even a thing that's on wrestling television. Oh okay. Um, I just think. Kevin Owens' family on Instagram is the most delightful thing. Oh, that's great. I, what is if it? You, if you do not follow Karina Steen, who's his wife, okay, her Instagram, she's just posting stuff from there, like family vacations and stuff oh. constantly. Uh, like they, when they go to Disneyland or I think they were at some big candy thing today <laughs> that I was looking at videos of. But they're just hanging like good family. It's it's tremendous, man. That's it is It is the most del- – like, if I were to pick one wrestler that I would want to have, like, a reality series about, it would be him. Because, like, his his ki- – like, Owen Owens is, like, you know, that was part of the fun that was, like, when, when yeah. KO debuted on Raw. Against Cena. Karina, like, posted the video of I him watching on Raw, which was amazing. There's all these, like, reality moments that, like – Whenever something big happens with KO on TV, I, I know there's going to be something good with his family on Instagram. And even when he's off TV, when he's just like vacationing and ha- being a family man, I find them to be utterly delightful. That's and I, awesome. Yeah, so that's has nothing to do with wrestling. Probably is not anything to do with what uh, the question asker was intending Danger there. Boy. But yeah, no, I, I mean, small thing. I mean, it's re- it it's mean just, anything. It's <laughs> the reality of just like what this man is really like. And that's honestly why I love to cheer for him. I know that he is a good person. Next question comes to us from the Brewmaster. Fruits are edible. At Fruits are edible. And he asks, how has doing the podcast changed the way you watch wrestling? Great um, question. Makes it a chore sometimes. Mm, like you feel like you have to I f- watch. I feel obligated that there's all these things I must watch even if I don't necessarily want to. Mm. So you would say in some ways, I don't think net, but in some ways it's made, it's a bit of a negative. Yeah. I mean, it definitely... I feel like I have to pay attention too. Mm, yeah, like sure. wrestling for sure in the past was something that maybe I would have on in the background while I fucked around on my phone a little sure. bit. Sure, I still do that. All I the still, time. I still <laughs> do it too. But there's definitely things where, like, if something big happens while I'm fucking around on my phone, I will have to rewind That's and right. watch it again. That's a great because example. It's like I, I can't miss these things. We are going to talk about them. That is a perfect anecdote for how it's it's changed. Uh, I will say that it's. It's just given me so much joy. Like, I, I, I watch things, and I'm like, oh, I'm excited to talk about that. Like, the platform to get out some, some inane dumb thing mm-hmm. I noticed, which would normally just be bullshitting with my friends. I definitely think about, oh, how can I make this interesting? So I guess in that way, it's also... Maybe I should have thought about that before I talked about All In for like 20 and a, and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I don't know. It's uh, No, you were interesting. I, I just, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just kidding. It, it's hard to, to put – I'm not doing a good job verbalizing it, but it definitely has like 
It's like, okay, what is what is something I'm going to talk about? What's the talking point exiting this show? Do you have, do you take notes? Sometimes? I do. Yeah, very I have, often. I have lately too. I mean, you've well, all the Patreon episodes. I do. I have pages of notes. That's true, for... and, and I I leave that to you, and I just kind of pepper in color. Yeah. On the side, but what I was thinking of is like recently. Uh, I, w- I had this like salient point, this like moment of clarity that just clicked in my mind everything that is wrong with the B team. Oh, and I tried <laughs> to, I was going to tell it to you. I was, I, w- I messaged you on Messenger and I was like, I have this B team thing and like, I got to tell you. And then you were like, no, save it for the show. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'll save it. We're then, doing around on the B team next. And week. then it came around to do the round or to talk about it on the show. I and I completely forgot. <laughs> and I was like, how how did I forget this? I I was so it was like oh I've got this brilliant realization, and when that happens again in the future, it's like well I got to write that shit down. It was your E ver equals M C squared, <laughs> exactly. and you were like, hang on a second, was it E C squared? <laughs> yeah, <What>? exactly. <laughs> Jamar, our final question this week comes to us from your co-host over on that other podcast that you uh, just revealed to me that you did. Uh, John Cullen, uh, at Cullen the Comic, mm-hmm. and he asks, uh, this question is maybe more specifically for Josh. I feel like we always get these, but for you. So I'm, I'm grateful for this. Oh. <laughs> and he says, That's your good friend John looking out for you. I, I, I do love him. Ay, 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 ay. And he says, but I think you can answer this. Okay. He goes, which current UFC fighter do you think would make the best WWE wrestler, and how should they debut? What would their character be? So I'm not going to get into like the angle and booking because I think we're short on time. But there, there's lots of guys that I think would make great pro wrestlers in the MMA world. Was mm-hmm. there anybody who who jumped to mind for you? I mean, Conor McGregor. He's already a better promo than literally everyone in WWE. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, he seems like he'd you know dominate. Yeah. Uh, at least on the promo front. Um. I'm going to, again, I don't know what the crossover is for our listenership, so I'm not going to go too deep here, but there's this uh, young Samoan kid named Tai Tuivasa who fights at heavyweight right now, and he just has such like this hang-loose attitude, but is, and Samoan, which of course has a huge history in wrestling, but he's like sort of low-key, but a total ass-kicker. He's super unique and fills in this space. Imagine if Rikishi was like booked as just like this absolute brutalized knockout artist, but also like easy brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good stuff. So I'm going to say Tai Tuivasa. Okay. And that does it this week, Justin. Uh, welcome home. It's great to be back doing the show. Uh, thank you for your thoughts on All In from the ground floor. Uh, anything else you want to say before we send the people home? Um, I was just thinking about like uh, MMA people that I could see in, in wrestling. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. And I was thinking, you, you know what, what fight I really loved the shit out of? Oh, tell me. And I don't even know if it was like that great in the grand scheme. Maybe I just caught me. caught me at the right time. That Jessica Andrade, Claudia Gadella. Yeah, no, that's an incre- it's one of the best women's fights ever. It was incredible. Yeah, it's an incredible fight. And it's like basically a wrestling match. It's they all are grappling. doing so many wrestling moves. It is bloody as hell. Yep. I think... Either of those ladies could be huge stars in women's wrestling. Yeah, if if That's like a great call. if like all of these MMA women who are just like also rans attached to Ronda Rousey, like the rest of the four horsewomen, oh. are all jumping over to pro wrestling, and we're going to be expected that these women are just going to be like ass kickers in yes. pro wrestling, given their MMA backgrounds. Like there is no reason why either Gadella or Andrade could not just dominate. Claudia Gadella also, a, I think, a two degree black belt, like an unbelievable grappler. Andrade no slouch either. I would also just I this is gonna be prophetic, okay? Okay. Jessamine Duke, yeah. one of the MMA four horsewomen, yeah. is one of the least impressive MMA fighters to ever do it. Wholly unathletic, terribly uncoordinated. I cannot even imagine her being anything resembling a serviceable wrestler. Mm-hmm. 
Remains to be seen. But she's going to be in this marquee Four Horsemen versus Four Horsemen I got a lot match. to say about that. They're going to like treat her like she's in the level of Bailey. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> Jamal, no. that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. I, I don't... I, yeah, it's good to be back. I wish that I wasn't so sick this week. Uh, yeah, sure. Because I think you, it's it's audible in my voice that I sound different. No, it's husky and sexy. Yeah? Yeah, our, our uh, female listener will love it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think we got two. I think we got a, maybe a couple. We Three. do have a few. We have a few. Three or so. Yeah. yeah. God bless them. God bless them. Uh, so maybe, yeah, if you think I'm extra attractive this week. I do. Do write in and let me know that. Uh, <laughs> but no, just good to be back, you know? Yeah, it is good it's, to be back. It's, it, you know, uh, I had a wonderful vacation, but, mm. but like there are certain things in my weekly routine. That, sure, I, that yeah. I do enjoy the shit out of, and I would miss if I didn't have them. Not that these are identical, but when I was in the car accident and like missing practice and missing podcasting, mm. it's like it just kind of throws every, like the gravity of your world's a little off. Yeah, right and there. like all the listeners had to listen to an episode where Mike did the show. It's <laughs> <is> terrible. <laughs> I didn't, no, I didn't. I, I'm kidding. I'm not. It was. I'm David. kidding. Hey, who am I? Who am I? I totally called that. <laughs> okay. All right. That's enough. I mean, who who am I? Who am I right now? As we said on last week's show, <laughs> what's the difference? There's none. Not any. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that will do it. I did your sign off you for did. God's sakes. You I feel did. a total gimmick infringement. That's fine. For this week's episode of Top Marks, if you want to support us, please go give us a rate and review on the iTunes store. That always helps us in our algorithms. Or if you want to give us money, like Anders Lau did this week. Thank oh you very much, goodness. Anders. Greatly appreciate that. At A Loud Brother on Twitter. We're finally going to get this King of the Ring episode out. Yes. And I am so sorry that we did not do two Patreon episodes like we promised for August, just with my travel schedule and Josh's continued concussion recovery. I don't, I'm not apologizing for it's, it. It's, it's was, a lot. It's, it's a lot. Justin has another podcast. I have the band. We already do four shows uh, about the Sometimes it five. It was la- five last month. Yeah. So it, it, can be, uh, it can definitely be tight. But until next week, be hot. Be spicy. Tastes great. Because you're Curry Man! Wah, 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 Titus Worldwide! How long are you holding that in for? A while. A while. You gotta go to work yet. No, I'm like... I, I gotta be at work in an hour. I'm no, fine. but I mean, not not at. Uh... But I'm I'm just pushing buttons, man. This is an easy shift for me. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, good. That's all good. We're just bantering here. Mm-hmm. Just doing a little banter. Yeah, just a little light banter. Yeah. Did you go to All In? I did. Yeah, that it was great. Good, good show. Did I talk about being drunk at the Harry Carey thing? Did we mention that? I don't think off so. the top. I, I did. So. That's what I did before I went to Andrew C's Lexus. No, I don't think you said that. I think I mentioned it. That was a pretty good. Show. I was talking about uh, playing Fire Pro Wrestling. You <laughs> were like, you were like, wrap it up, but <laughs> nobody cares about your video game. Man. <laughs> I. It wasn't that. I was only that the intro had gone long. No, yeah. not even. It was not even one of our longer intros. I'll tell you, it felt real long. <laughs>